perfection. Ha-ha. I don't know if that's going to work. It's probably fine. Fuck it. Hello. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Peony. I'm Lex. And I am Jules. (laughs) (laughs) Are you Jules or Julia Childs? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to fight the Nazis. (laughs) And Meryl Streep will make a movie about me. (laughs) Dude, I would love for us to somehow preserve her forever. I don't Meryl know if that's Streep, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. I mean, I think we've gone too far with Julia Child. That's what I was I was like, oh, Julia, I have some bad news. <laughs> All of the famous Julias are pretty dope. Like Julia yeah. Child, Julia Roberts, Julia Stiles. Mm-hmm. Nice. Pretty Good job. Fucking dope. Uh, I can only think of two Alexises. One of them is from the show Destiny. Dynasty. Destiny. Dynasty. Dynasty. Shit's Creek. Oh, yeah. Wait, hold on. Okay, great. I'm a little bit of, a little bit of, I'm a little, little bit of Lexus. Yeah. I'm a little bit single, even when I'm not. I Exactly. Oh, there you go. Okay, there we go. There we go. When it, Growing up as a kid, everyone was always like, oh, are you named Alexis after the character on Dynasty? I was like, the villain? No, I don't think so. Still don't know. For sure. Well, that's not know, the story I was told, but the villain is the hero of their own story. <laughs> it is true. And they're much more interesting anyway. I've yeah. always gravitated towards a villain. What and is the story fabulous. you've been told? Oh, she was uh, fabulous. The story that I was told. So my mom had like a litany of names at the ready for me. Um it was uh she was she was between she wanted to get real Russian with it at one point. Um, so it was between uh, Anastasia, Anastasia Ooh. Svetlana, Svetlana. Ooh. Um, Samantha was another one. I don't know. She's just like the sound of that. She'd, After Bewitched. Uh, maybe. Um, Hopefully. Uh, oh, I was supposed to be born on Valentine's Day. So if I happened, my name would have been Valentina. No, thank Ooh. you. Sorry <laughs> if anybody is named Valentina. Um, amazing hot sauce. Favorite, Never favorite hot it. sauce Never of mine. <gasps> uh, I'm coming to LA immediately. Okay. All right, let's Go on. do this. Um, and then the last one, and this is the one that I'm like, why didn't you name me that? Was uh, Maxine after my grandma. Um, oh, yeah. But she was like, but then you were born and you were just so damn small. So I was like, I don't know, Alexis seems like a good name. So, and I think because my grandfather's name was Alan, so I remember sort of like a hazy memory of somebody being like, oh, you're sort of named after your grandfather. So, or maybe my great grandfather was named Alexander. I don't know. I'm named after Or Alan Aldo. What? Who was your grandpa? (laughs) Alan Arkin or Alan Aldo? Those are the only two famous (laughs) Alan. Those are the only Other than Tim Allen. Oh, definitely not him. (laughs) Wait, wait. Alan Cummings. Oh. Alan Rickman. Oh. Alan Rickman. Love Alan Rickman. Mm. R.I.P. He's the reason I got into acting, or one of them. Love Alan Rickman. 
Do you yeah. have an Alan Rickman impression? No, I wish. Uh, I feel like you should <laughs> add it to your repertoire. Work on it. I was add it trying. To your repertoire. I was like, Mr. Potter. No, I'm not. I'm not. Tom, uh, uh, Tom it's Hiddleston. interesting. When I, okay, when I say Alan Rickman, do you mm-hmm. think of Snape? Is that the character you think of immediately? Uh, no, actually, I think of um, Sheriff of not Rottingham. Nottingham. Mm. Sheriff of Rottingham is from Robin Hood Men in Tights by Mel Brooks, uh, <laughs> which absolutely <laughs> shaped my com- comedic interests. Uh, no, um, Sheriff of Explains Nottingham. a lot. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> hey, Blinken. Uh, <laughs> did you say, hey, Blinken? Um, uh, so when I was like, I think in fifth or sixth grade, I played, um, I got cast as Mrs. Hannigan or Miss Hannigan in Little Orphan Annie. And I was mad about it. Like, distraught. Because I just wanted to be an orphan. Like, I didn't even want to be Annie. I just wanted to be an orphan because they were cute, like, and little. And I was very tall as a child. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they were like, obviously, you will always play an adult. And so (laughs) I I was either an adult or a man or both. Um, so I got a parrot or a parrot. Yeah. There's another play where I, it's what a time. We talked about it on the spot before. (laughs) Uh, but I, so I played Miss Hannigan and I was mad because I wanted to be like a good guy and I wanted to be an orphan, whatever. And my mom was like, that's stupid. Uh, she didn't say that, but she was like, you know what? Let's watch a movie with a really cool villain. And so we watched um robin hood with kevin costner and she was like this is not a good film just fyi but i want you to watch alan rickman who plays the sheriff of nottingham nottingham mm-hmm. it's sheriff yeah. of nottingham right it, yes. whatever it doesn't matter uh and she was like just watch how much fun he has with it mm-hmm. and like he's having such a good time playing the villain mm-hmm. um and she was right and then she had me watch um annie with Carol Burnett as mm-hmm. Miss Hannigan. And so she had me watch a lot of films with villains in them and was like, yeah, sometimes, yes, they are the bad guys, but a lot of times they get to have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Um, mm-hmm. And so since then, I've like, one, I was like, oh, Alan Rickman's rad as hell. And then also I like love playing villains now. Um, hell yeah. So yeah. So Hell it's that yeah. one. It is mm-hmm. Harry Potter, I think, is it popped in as like the thing to try to impersonate mm-hmm. because I just watched that video you sent me of um, Tom Hiddleston doing mm-hmm. his Snape impression mm-hmm. dressed as mm-hmm. Loki. And it's quite good. And I'm mm-hmm. very impressed. So that's it. That's my rant about Alan Rickman. <laughs> I think Alan Rickman and I immediately think of Hans Gruber. Oh, you mean from the best Christmas film of all time? I think so. I it's, truly believe it is. It's so good. It's such a fun time. They have a children's book that is, well, I don't know if it's a children's book, but it is a Die Hard for illustrated Children. Illustrated book of Die Hard. Yeah. It's pretty great. <laughs> when I spawn, <laughs> I need that you. book. Thank you. Thank you. You're that okay. and Lil Nas X's country children's book is also oh yeah which i bought recently for someone who's cute spawned. Mm-hmm. who's spawned <laughs> yeah yeah 
Well, it was like a very everyone was go doing like the most like basic ass shit, right? Like very yeah. hungry caterpillar, sleep little prince or whatever the fuck it is. And I was like, nah, <laughs> we're doing Lil Nas X. This Hell is what yeah. we're doing. Like, let's introduce your child to some real culture. But I love that he. I didn't even know he published a children's book, but there yeah. it is. And there's like a little cartoon, little Lil Nas X in there, and it's country themed, and it's fucking it's adorable. Cute. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think what he might want to do next is maybe get into like the children's board game game mm. and talk to our guest. Do you like that? A do you nice like that? segue. I try You're to so make it good at, at making these like segues. I'm always like, well, now I guess is the time for the interview. And you're like, no, here we go. This is my (laughs) my mind is literally just segues, just tangents, just I will (laughs) I will splurt out an idea and the origin of that idea. There were six or seven twists and turns that took me to the idea that I end up voicing. So um, (laughs) yeah, if, if he or anyone else listening wants to get into like the board game development game, they mm-hmm. should definitely reach out to our amazing guest on today's episode. Um, Yasmin Kreese Brown is she worked in finance, um, you know, as a young black woman in a career dominated by old white men, mostly mm-hmm. not not exclusively, but it's a very um, it's a toxic culture, and women are not always given the chance to to get ahead, but she fucking thrived. And she just understands the language of math and accounting. And um, now she's mentoring people that want to follow their passion and, and get into those kind of careers. And she also is developing board games that are in the STEM, science, tech, engineering, and math um, field. And her first game is Juice Game, which is a math game meant to teach the fundamentals of accounting to make math fun for, I believe it's tweens and teens. Yeah. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's, I think it's eight and over or mm-hmm. eight mm-hmm. plus. Uh, mm-hmm. However, there is an expansion that's meant for younger kids mm-hmm. to teach them like basic uh, numbers, addition and subtraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now she has another layer. So cool. And now she has this other layer of being a mom herself. Um, And so we just had, like, a really incredible conversation of her background, how she got into board game development, having no experience in it prior, and Mm -hmm. how being a new mom has impacted her life and, and kind of her perspective. So it's an amazing conversation. I walked away from that feeling light as air, and there were... Some very, very lovely nuggets of wisdom that she dropped in terms of how to deal with stress or bad days that Mm -hmm. to this day, I will think of her, I will have her voice in my mind and I'll be like, no, 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 Yasmin said. Yeah. You actually texted me. I I think both of us were having a pretty hard time and you were like, Mm -hmm. what did Yasmin say? Like, for every No, don't spoil it. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll edit it out. And she said a thing. You that you'll have to listen to the episode. I'm gonna to edit hear. that out. Ha! That's how we hook them. Well, well, they're already here, so I. If they it's stop okay. now, I'm gonna be like, "Are you kidding me?" Let's take it from the top. <laughs> I did text you the other day. 
Uh, both of us were having a really bad... I'm going to leave that other part in, too, but I'm going to edit Don't you dare. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to okay. edit out the quote. Oh, that's fine. Uh, okay. I'm leaving this in, too, because it's no! insane. <laughs> the chaos. Uh, let's let's back it up. This is how you know we don't know how to be, like... <laughs> like, we don't know how to lure people into our lairs. We just no. I want people to layers. enjoy the ride. Please. I have layers. You uh, have layers like an onion. Oh, like a parfait. Um, <laughs> a trifle. <laughs> we were both having a day. And so yep. Julia texted some wisdom that Yasmin had shared with us. And yes. uh, yeah, it's been very, very helpful. So mm-hmm. thank you, Yasmin. Um, and we hope you guys enjoy this interview. It was so much fun. We, of course, uh, being us, we get into aliens spice girls shenanigans so uh it's a good time we hope you guys enjoy it yasmin crease brown thank you so much for being here at the peony welcome 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 yes thank you for having me super excited to be here i'm i'm super excited that you're here and i'm also very intimidated by you Oh no! Um, no, because, don't like, be at but, all. <laughs> but in like a in like a I admire you way because right. and we'll we'll talk Thank a little you. bit about it, but you created this amazing game called Juice, which is meant to not only help teach the fundamentals of math, but also to kind of help children appreciate it, which I definitely didn't have. And yeah. math was like this monster in the corner for me for so long. Um, and so to just have someone that your background is in finance, and then you created this amazing tool and resource. And I'm just so in awe of you, and I can't wait to like just dive in oh, and get thank started. You. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. Oh my gosh, me too. Thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's it's amazing. Um, so I would love for you, in your own words, just kind of give us the premise of Juice, and then if you could take us back to your background and how your journey to creating it and getting out into the world. Yeah. So you described it so well. Um, so I, I created juice as really a scapegoat for me to tap into my creative side, as well as my love for math. I've always been, um, a math nerd, I guess you can say. Um, so a little bit about juice, it's a roll and move playboard game and it's a lemonade themed, um, board game where you have to take over the a city's lemonade empire by basically answering the most math questions, um, as well as a little bit of having a little bit of luck um, and strategy, I would say as well. So it's pretty fun. I've played it a couple times. We also, um, well, it's for kids, I would say around 13 plus, uh, but we also have an additional beginner's deck for the younger kiddos who are just learning math. I You said something super um, I feel like relatable. A lot of people do think math is like this little monster in the corner. Um, but I, I, I realized at a young age that it's a part of life. And so I made the board game to be more so like a part of life, if you will. So that's why it's the lemonade, uh, theme, but, um, yeah, it's super fun. Check it out. It's, you guys can find it at www.juice.games. Yes. Um, (laughs) and so, yeah, so you did have a, 
background in finance and you kind of did that whole route, um, worked in corporate culture. Do you still work there or have you transitioned full-time into Juice? Yeah. So I actually work at a nonprofit uh, called SEO, Sponsors for Educational Opportunities. The official new name is Seizing Every Opportunity. Uh, And I teach college students how to interview on really, well, I, I should say really big interviews on Wall Street and Fortune 500 companies. So I guess I kind of am still intertwined with corporate America, uh, but I started off in wealth management at HSBC, uh, one of the largest banks in the world. Um, And I did a fast track program for wealth management, um, got the Series 7 and 63 uh, stock brokerage license. I really loved it. I also... um, I don't know. I found a new opportunity that was more so for me because I was an accounting major. I didn't mention that, but yeah, I was an accounting major at American University. Um, And so my next job after HSBC was as a hedge fund accountant. And that job was really fun. Um, Fun is, I would say, is is an interesting word to describe it, but (laughs) it was a lot of fun. Um, But I, I knew I needed a little bit more and we can get into that later. But that's my background with with corporate America. I just started sweating so bad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you just started thinking about like working in corporate. <laughs> no, just or- like I, cause I've, my mom is in finance. So she like, okay. she's one of those people that it's a language that she just is fluent in and it seems so yeah. easy for her. Um, and it's so like, I, I, just learn how to balance a checkbook and now we don't use checks anymore is where I'm at. (laughs) (laughs) The irony. (laughs) I know. Yeah. So anyone that has like the financial literacy, I'm like, what's that like? (laughs) It's like a superpower. It is a superpower. Oh my goodness. I would say my financial literacy definitely stems from being an accounting major. Um, Financial literacy is something that they don't teach in schools. Well, Mm -hmm. elementary, high school. It should be, you know, up there with trig and and calculus and algebra. But um, I've always said that accounting is a a very unique business language. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's why I also made sure to incorporate a little bit of accounting in juice as well. Um, But but simple accounting that that really anyone can can answer without having to study it in school. Yeah. Yeah. So was there, was there a moment that you realized that you weren't being creatively fulfilled or was it something that simmered over time? Um, yeah. So I would say it simmered. Mm -hmm. Uh, my body was there, but my heart wasn't. Although I really Mm -hmm. loved what I was doing. I always found myself just wanting to create, write, do something fun in a creative way. And so I heard an interesting quote the other day, and I realized that was my life back then as well. If you're not thinking about it in the shower, you're probably not passionate about it. And I definitely wasn't thinking about uh, hedge fund accounting in the shower. (laughs) Uh, So I knew that it wasn't for me, um, but at the time I wasn't quite sure what was for me, if not that, because it seemed like the perfect job. Yeah. 
Oh, I just got goosebumps. I get my I best ideas in the shower. <laughs> Me I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, she's come to so many uh, episodes where she's like, I had an idea in the shower. I'm like, yes, let's go. Like, what? Yeah. What are those ideas? The uh, shower is where it's at. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, you're like, I don't know, especially if you're like, it's the way you're starting your day and your brain is like warming mm-hmm. up and all yeah. systems are going. You're just like, hmm, let me. Yeah. Let me just. I like to think that it's because we're at our most vulnerable. Like we're literally naked. (laughs) I was thinking that too. (laughs) I mean, like, so it's like, no, you, you can literally say anything you want on here. Anything that you want out in the world on air, you can say. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's, it's where we're most vulnerable. And so it's kind of like, if I have the permission to be naked there and I have this privacy, then I kind of have the permit. I can give myself the permission to be naked in other ways. And so like, I have my best ideas in the shower. I have my best crying sessions in the shower. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just really let those walls down. Yeah. Yeah. So then how did you, how did you come to conceptualize juice? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so in my transition period, I was working on a couple of different projects. One of them being, um, a a program, well, really a coloring book for children for entrepreneurship. And I think that's where the idea really stemmed from. Um, and then I just, I was able to find the right people and put thought to paper and then, yeah, made it come into fruition. But I don't think there was like a specific, I can't think of the specific, you know, day or, or, or um, exact moment where I thought about it. I think it was something just in the making and I never really realized, realized it. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have a lemonade stand growing up? <laughs> oh, that's a great question. <laughs> Did I? I don't think I did. Maybe this is just me like realizing I missed out on a couple of things in childhood, <laughs> my childhood experience. But no, I don't I don't think I did actually. Um I, I always had a lot of friends growing up and we we had a wild imagination. Um we were more into dressing up like the spice girls and yes. and recording that and making yes. our own songs and, <laughs> and and videos, but yeah, we were we were too cool at the time, I guess, for lemonade stands. But now, it, now that I think about it, I would definitely love to do a lemonade stand with my daughter. I have a one year old, um, oh. and yeah, when she gets of age, she'll definitely be doing one. <laughs> oh well, congratulations yeah. <laughs> on your one year old! Thank you. How Thank you. how has your life? I know everyone has a different answer to this. How has your yeah. life changed? now that you have a daughter? Oh my goodness. It's like a complete 180. Um, given that I had her during the pandemic, it was something super unique and something that, you know, I'll never forget. Um, but I'll say this, I, I definitely don't sleep with much, <laughs> uh, but it's the most rewarding thing. I know that's super cliche to say, but it is super rewarding. And you can literally see this little person just growing each and every day and overcoming different milestones. It's really, it's, it's something. Yeah, that's so I feel inspirational. Like it's really fun too when they start to grow into their personalities and you like, yeah, get to learn who they are as a person. Like when my niece was growing up, I was like, oh, you've got like your own 
sense of humor. Like, yeah. it's just fun to watch them figure out who they are. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's one thing I, I promised myself that I would do slash not do is hamper on my daughter's creativity and who she really wants to be. Um, I think that even with my job, um, we kind of continuously feel this, this need to work in corporate America and mm-hmm. land the perfect job and be this perfect person. But sometimes perfect looks a little bit different for someone else. And so as a mom, I really think that creativity is super important. Yeah. I there was a an interview you were doing where you said the quote, um, "Imagination is the I think it's, imagination is the foundation of society." Mm-hmm. And yeah. I got full body chills when you said that. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> oh my, my god, yeah!" Because it like <laughs> yeah. leads to it so really much. Is. is there? How are you like now, especially as a mom, or maybe you're finding it easier because you have a, a one year old? But like, how do you stay connected to your imagination? That's a good question. Um, That's a great question. So I think number one, playtime with her gives me that permission to just be a big kid. And also creating board games is also a permission that I give myself to be a big kid. Um, When I I like to create more than, you know, I'm a board game creator. I didn't mention that. Juice isn't the only thing that... um, you know, I'll have out there as a board game. And so when I'm thinking of board games, um, I think that's when I'm mostly in my creative zone. I was telling my friend the other day that I really want to start being more, um, just more present on social media doing more content because I feel like I have this creative thing that I need to get out. But um, now I'm realizing that creating board games is the way that I do fulfill my creativity. So rad. Yeah, there... I have about five in my head. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're all so epic. Cool. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Hey, they might be in that. That's, that's amazing. Are they all, do they all have like an educational lens or are they sort of across the Across the board is what I was going to say. And I was like, don't, don't make a pun. <laughs> yeah, well, I love it. It's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so most of them do have a creative niche to that. Or not creative, uh, educational. Um, I really appreciate STEM. So Juice is the M in STEM. And next is um, science space. It's my my little baby hidden love. <laughs> Um, we love space then, here so much. You do? Oh, my <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. NASA's been killing it with the captions lately on Instagram. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Been ro- <laughs> social's been on point. Do you believe it, it in nice. extraterrestrial life? Oh, my God, yeah. I think they're here already. I think they're just, like, invisible. <laughs> oh, I mean... <laughs> Ghosts, maybe? Okay, sorry. Now we're spiraling. <laughs> now there's a different monster in the corner, potentially. But he's just taking notes, just observing all of the idiotic things I do in a day. Yeah, I do. I do believe in ETs of the universe. I don't think that they're either evil or, you know, good. I think they're just beings. Um, but I... 
I was doing some research once on a, um, I don't know if you guys have heard of like Sears, um, but there's this one Sear called Baba Vanga and she predicted a lot of, a lot of pretty interesting events. And she was the one that predicted that aliens would be here, but they'd be kind of like see-through. And I know we're going off topic, but don't get me started. I love this stuff. <laughs> Tangents all- are like <laughs> what we our do. main theme. Yeah, we're always <laughs> all over it. the place here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I, 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 I am flustered. I'm like, <laughs> do, you, do you think that there's <laughs> – what about you? Do you guys think that, you know, we're alone? No. Absolutely I, not. I, I just think that there's – there's so much out there. There's mm-hmm. so much space, like, and there's, there has to be other life out there. Like, yeah, there's gotta be. Um, yeah. But so what you yeah. were saying, I don't know. I don't think any of them are malicious or mm-hmm. anything like that. I, a lot of times I think they're just out there on their worlds wondering mm-hmm. about us and like, what, what do yeah. you, you know? My fantasy. Yeah. My fantasy is to be abducted. <laughs> Lex has heard this multiple yep. times. Is to be abducted by said extraterrestrial and in the hopes that they will treat me the way that we here on Earth treat French bulldogs. Oh my God. <laughs> like that's the dream. Put a rhinestone collar on me, a little cardigan. A little bow. Exactly. Let me let me sit in my special bed and feed me and scratch my belly. Like yeah. game Push her over. around That's in her little something. stroller. Yeah. That is something. Yeah. I've never thought about that, but you know, if I was abducted, I think that would be the way to go. Right? <laughs> It sounds yeah. like a pretty good life. Pretty chill. And that's that's the hope that keeps me going day in and day out. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, you know, you never know with the way things are going nowadays. I fully believe anything and everything is possible. So, yeah, agreed. Agreed. There's always something. So I'm like, well, this might as well happen. You know, why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So space is the next game. Do you have yeah. a premise that you can tease us with, or is it all hush hush like Area 51 level under wraps? <laughs> Um, yeah, so I have really been into, um, the theories of civilization. Mm -hmm. And so civilization zero, civilization one, civilization two. Um, and there's a scientist out there and I won't even attempt to say his name because I won't say it right. (laughs) Um, that he, he explains it pretty well. Um, and so I, I'm kind of using his theories and his um, educational um, speeches and getting in that zone of, okay, if I were to explain this to a, I don't know, a six-year-old, mm-hmm. how would I do that? If I were to make this a game, what would that look like? And so this game was created a little differently. There was a lot of inspiration and it's kind of based on lectures, but I think it should be a lot of fun. I'm in. I- I Sold. Know. Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> so is that the age group you're thinking? Six plus? Um, I don't know. I have to kind of vibe it out as we go. Mm-hmm. We're still in design mode. Um, but I think it might be a little older. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd probably say eight plus. 
I'm in the plus category, so I'm good. Absolutely. I was like, I know <laughs> so qualify. many friends that would be like, I need this ASAP. <laughs> so, like, hmm. Yeah. Yeah, um, it should be a lot of fun. It sounds it sounds like it's gonna be great. Uh are there any particular board games that you're that you love playing? Yeah, I'm cliche. I like Monopoly. Monopoly was my my jam growing up. I think it was the money for me and, and the math. Mm-hmm. Um, I really appreciated Sorry as well. Candyland was a classic. Oh, Candyland. Oh, it's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I have to admit, I, I'm not really into any of the, the newer games. Um, but being, you know, coming into this industry, I'm realizing mm-hmm. that there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of hardcore board game fans out there. Oh yeah. And a lot of really cool games. Um, if there's this one game I really want to play, I think it's called terraforming Mars. I don't know if you guys have heard of that one. No, but it but sounds it looks, epic. It looks epic and I definitely plan on playing it soon. Um, that yeah, sounds, those are my faves. It sounds familiar. Do you know if it's by the same creators of settlers of Catan? Oh, I don't know that. that. Mm. which is another great game by the way yeah it's another really fun one um it's Mm. also a really settlers is a really great game if you ever want to ruin friendships uh as well (laughs) 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 i've done because when i play i like tend to be the chaos factor Mm -hmm. so i'm like ah i will lose this game if i do this but I'll have a lot of fun doing it. So I'm going to, I'm going to spice it up a little bit. Um, okay. So to, just to, to be aware of. <laughs> My fiance is um, the same way and I can't play any games with him because he's always like engineering in his head, all of the different ways that he can win. And he will literally <laughs> like just throw everyone under the bus. Another game that tears families apart is called secret Hitler. Have you played this game? Hmm, I have not. What that? What is that one about? It's similar to like if you've ever played Mafia, where someone like you're given a card and some one person is Hitler, and then depending on how many players are playing, he either gets one or two fascists with him, and then everyone okay. else is a lovely, okay. delightful <laughs> person. But you basically have to like guess who is Hitler. And like, and, and it, it like, it's so fucked up the premise, (laughs) but it, it it is so engaging. Like once you get into it, because you're like, you're Mm -hmm. a fascist, you like start screaming at each other and like people's feelings genuinely get hurt. And it's like, Uh we, we played it at a beer garden one time and it was like my fiance and his whole family. And like, they had like nieces and nephews that were like, like babies and we're all crowded around this picnic table, and there are a ton of people outside, and we're just yelling, like, you're Hitler! I know you're Hitler! Oh, no. <laughs> like, people are walking past us, like, what is happening? But yeah, no, I've seen many, many a sibling relationship need to take a break after that game. Yeah, yeah. It, it's definitely happened in my family as well. But, you know, I'm glad that you mentioned that game, because I was toying with a game that has to do with history, but I wasn't sure I should cross that line. But knowing that it's already out there, <laughs> I yeah. don't feel that, you know, <laughs> that shy to kind of cross that line, but we'll see. Yeah. There's, there's so many out there where you're like, I'll hear a premise of a game. And I'm like, there's no way that that's going to be 
that that's like going to hold, right? Like there's one called, I think it's Exploding Kittens, which is sort of like Uno in that (laughs) you are just trying to give other people the most cards, but it it backfires catastrophically and you're like, I was winning and now I'm losing. Cool. Uh, it's exploding kittens. That's yeah. Hey, okay. <laughs> yeah, very that goofy. sounds intense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's like you try to match like two taco cats, and that like means you can mm. make your opponent pick up seven cards or something wacky. Um, but that one's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, but well. it works. That's what I love about games. Yeah, as and, wacky as they are, they work. And the strategy that goes into them, too, especially if you're a kid and you're learning, like, how Mm -hmm. to, uh, just how to critically think. Mm -hmm. At least for me growing up, I played, like, a a lot of, like, chess and we played a lot of Monopoly. I was always, I was not a fan of Monopoly because I was always (laughs) like, why is this game three days long? I think my family (laughs) and I were playing it wrong. But um, that's something that I've always appreciated about, like, playing board games is that ability to kind of critically think, think outside of the box. Um, mm-hmm. And I love that that's, like, what you're focused on in terms of bringing that education to kids. Cause it, yeah. yeah. And I think it was um, Albert Einstein fun. that said, um, you don't really know something unless you can teach it simply. And so mm-hmm. I have enjoyed making these games as well because it really tests my knowledge and the extent of just I don't know what what I'm willing to learn and, and kind of explain it to a, a five-year-old so yeah um the the back end um part about or I should say the the behind the scenes part behind board game making is is super fun too when when it is educational because you learn a lot and really test your your knowledge as well yeah. So what are the stages of creating a board game? Yeah, that's a great question. So, so yeah, so I am a board game concept designer. So it would start with me. I just kind of think about, you know, what, what would be a cool game and the objective of the game. And then I pass it along to the actual designer. And then she comes up with the look of it, how you, the functionality of the board game and the pieces that go into it. And then she also, um, well, yeah, she designs it and then I proof everything. Um, and then I, I send the final product to the illustrator if there's any additional complex illustrations that need to be added. And then it goes into production. Um, and then you go into negotiations with pricing and, and well, really cost. Mm. And that part's probably the most intense because board games can get pretty pricey with the mm-hmm. weight and the pieces and the, yeah. con- um, the material. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once negotiations are settled and you have a good price point um, or cost point, I should say, uh, then everything is up to, you know, um, production for a couple of months. It takes, it takes some time. Um, and then, yeah, and then you get that big old box full of your board games and celebrate so it's a process I would say juice took about a whole year um production probably took the most as well as um the actual uh math questions as those took a a while to create and proof as well um but yeah that's that's the process wow Mm -hmm. is there a stage where you're like 
playing through the game or is that like at the, like during con- uh, the conception phase? Yeah. So you do play through the game. You get a sample or at least you should get a sample of the board game mm-hmm. and then you play officially with that. But you can also make, you know, make shift with what you have at home and kind of just, you know, play with whatever you have and, and make sure that you print out like the game. There's <laughs> yeah. ways around, you know, ways around not having the actual game itself. But yeah, you definitely want to play it first and just make sure everything, the functionality is is all all set. But my board game designer, she's really good and, and she's created hundreds of games. So she's really top notch and she knows what she's she's doing. So I trust her. She actually lives in uh, Pakistan. Um, oh, wow. And then the illustrator lives in in London. Yeah. Yeah. So Amazing. Pretty wow. So how did, how, did, did Juice at any point coincide with you, like your pregnancy or the birth of your daughter? Like, were you juggling those things at the same time? Oh yeah, I was actually. Um, so I didn't get juice physically until this year, but it was in full um, conception mode while I was pregnant. So it was a cool project to work on while pregnant, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Yet again, yeah, women are that. superheroes. That is the point of the story. Right. Yeah. <laughs> For real. Um, yeah. So juggling a pandemic and then on top of that, you know, personal life and, and juice, it was a lot. Um, I definitely wouldn't recommend it, but <laughs> I'm here today still. So yeah. Yeah. And I, I have to say being pregnant during a pandemic is a whole topic for a whole different day. I could talk about that because, um, it's a challenge and, uh, this was, be- I was pregnant before the vaccinations as well. So I didn't get vaccinated while pregnant, but I don't know. There's, it's just, it's crazy. What was it like for you? Were you just home all the time? Yeah. So I work from home luckily. So I wasn't affected that way, but I was home all the time. I canceled my, my baby shower. I didn't have a baby shower. Mm-hmm. Um, my luckily my fiance was able to go into the labor room with me um when by the time I was actually in labor my mask was off but all up uh up and up until that moment uh, I had a mask on so um that was interesting and then um I was I went into labor in June and I think that was the height of last year June 2020 and that was like the height of it Um, so I was just really, and, and I, I've always been a germaphobe. So, uh, the pandemic was a little (laughs) traumatizing, um, on, in that aspect as well. But, um, yeah, the hospitals make it work. So shout out to Baptist hospital. I've had a few friends who were pregnant during the pandemic and who gave birth during it. And it, just like watching them talk about or listening to them talk about like what appointments were like, you know, having to go in by themselves or in yeah. some cases like having to go in and give birth alone. I yeah. can't imagine that. Like that's. Whew, yeah, it was intense. Um, 
And also bringing the baby home, you know, everyone wants to see the baby and touch yeah. the baby and yeah, kiss the baby. And it's just like, um, don't do no. that. Just go around. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can see the baby through the window. Yeah. 10 feet away from the window. <laughs> right. Right. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm speechless. Yeah, it's a speechless Truly. moment. Speechless experiences. Yeah. yeah. And are you are you going to tell her someday, like, this is the world you came into? This is what it was like at the time? Yeah, we actually documented it. So we'll show her. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. It's a little embarrassing, that, me watching it. <laughs> it's a little <laughs> embarrassing. So I thought about putting it on YouTube, but I just, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, we got to document the whole process. Um and uh, I had my first COVID test in the hospital. Oh, my God. That was crazy. The nostril test. Oh, the, like, back of the brain, like, yeah. scrambling around. Oh, no. No. <laughs> horrible. It's I just horrible. felt it. Like, I felt the phantom swab as you said it. <laughs> Sorry. <gasps> yeah. I never want to experience that again. Yeah. No. But that's magical. I'll do, I'll that do birth real- again. Oh, oh, okay. Let's talk about this because I'm horrified to give birth someday. Yeah, I was too. You know, I was too. And, um, you know, when all my friends found out that I was pregnant, they were like, okay, the world is ending. And this was in October of 2019. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great reaction. Like, yeah, yeah. But because I, I've, um, I've always been pretty terrified of giving mm-hmm. birth. Mm-hmm. But It just feels like the contractions just feel like cramps Mm -hmm. and they give you the epidural and then you don't feel anything. So, and my labor lasted 30 minutes. So yeah, it was was easy. It's amazing. Yeah. I got lucky. Yeah. Your daughter was like, I'm ready. Put me in. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. COVID what? I don't care. I got this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm ready. Oh, man. Uh, it's, yeah. a, it's well, an okay experience. Yeah, that that gives me a little bit of hope. Because actually, yeah. you're not the first person. I feel like we always hear these horror stories, and I've heard a lot of horror stories about, you know, the labor. But you're actually the second person I've spoken to recently that they were like, "Mine was fine." Like I was also nervous, but like, my, and so now I know that like they exist. That not everyone's story is a horror story. Yeah, they, they exist. Um, I think I, I probably had my eyes closed. Like, I didn't want to see anything. But yeah. <laughs> that part is definitely, like, off limits to me forever. But um, no, no, it was it was pretty it was pretty simple. So go in with positive thoughts if you're, you know, when, if you, when it's your time. And yeah. Everything. Oh, yeah. I love that. I think that's just a good oh, philosophy cool. with everything. Go in with positive thoughts. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's hard sometimes, though. Be honest. Yeah, easier said than done. <laughs> yeah. Do you have, do you have a like a hack or a trick? Like, if you need to tap into your optimism, is there something that works for you? Mm. Asking for um, purely selfish reasons. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> question. So, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think. What do I do? I do a couple of different things. Um, I call someone that's close to me, whether it's my mom or my dad, and kind of just vent. Um, 
And then usually they have some sort of optimistic um, motivational quotes. I also uh, listen to Headway, the app. It has a bunch of motivational books and it summarizes um, those books for you. So for the on the go people um, who only have like 10 minutes to learn something new um, or learn something about psychology, that app is great. Um, And then really, I just, I just kind of always think about, well, I'm also pretty, um, uh, I don't want to say religious, but I'm definitely super spiritual. So Mm -hmm. I tap into my spiritual side as well. Um, And then I've just noticed that in life, you know, there's bad days and for every bad day, there's a good day. There's a great day. So whenever I'm having a bad day, I'm like, okay, this is just a bad day. Um, Tomorrow will probably be great. So I'm not going to be too much into it and just kind of chalk it up as a bad day and move on. I'm going to just take what you said and just make it my morning alarm. Like that's (laughs) what I'm just going to get up to. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, every day is coupled with, you know, the total opposite. So um, I think that life is super complicated and tricky and hard, but it's also super rewarding and, it can be a lot of fun. So that's another reason why I like at this point in my life to create games, to bring entertainment and fun to people's lives. Yeah. yeah. And education, which is amazing. And education. Like, you yeah, like sneak it in like, like, like the way that you yeah. sneak in vegetables into children's <laughs> food. Not you personally. I mean, I don't know if you do that. Probably not. Well, I'm a mom now. So. Yeah, you are a mom now. So, but your daughter might love vegetables on her own. So... I mean, she came in ready into the world. Um, but I, I let you just like sneak in that education where it's like fun and you don't realize you're learning something, but then all of a sudden you're so smart. Right. Yeah. I think that's the beauty of it. Um, who wants to really learn unless that's what you're into? Growing up, I was into learning. That was mm-hmm. fun for me. But I realized that that's not definitely not the case for everyone. Mm-hmm. But if you can sneak it in, like you said, those little vegetables, Mm-hmm. you know, why, why wouldn't you play? You know, you're not, yeah. you're not sitting there being lectured. You're actually learning how to apply what you're not, what you're learning. And I think the application of it is what really needs to be utilized a little bit more, especially in schools. Yeah. People want to understand like, how does this apply? Where am I going to learn this? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, also- I completely agree. Like I have always loved learning, but I mm-hmm. haven't really, and I, I loved learning and I couldn't understand why I hated school. Mm-hmm. And it was because I wasn't learning the things I wanted in the way that I could best have them make sense in my mind. Like it was very regurgitory. It was like this year, Columbus did this thing. It's going to be on the test, write it down, remember it. And it's like, well, that's not fun. Like, Tell me right. about his messy syphilis escapade. Like, give me, give me a little spice. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I, I definitely can relate to that. I think the funnest thing that I liked to learn regarding history was World War One and Two, just because all of the drama. I was like, oh my gosh, really? Like this happened? <laughs> they did that? They said that? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, history was never really my thing beyond world war ii i mean that was that okay. that's enough of I a found- time siri 
Sorry, Sorry. Yeah, you're trying to tell what? us about World War II. No one said anything. She scary. just jumps in sometimes. <laughs> she does that. It's creepy. Ale- my Alexa never does that. Only Siri. I, I she prefer like, Alexa. I do too. I do too. Siri's always <laughs> jumping in when she's not needed. Yeah, and then anytime I do need her, ignores me. Useless. Like useless. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. The other day, I was trying to get her to like pull up directions or something, and she was like, "Sorry, couldn't hear you." I was like, "Why am I even bothering?" <laughs> Stay lost. <laughs> Sucker. Yeah. No. <laughs> Yeah, what a useless app. <laughs> Amazing. So history, science, space, tech, and engineering? Or the I other? know, those are the hardest oh, okay. ones. Yeah, those are the hardest ones. I think you I could do something out. cool with that, though. Yeah, I have something in mind for tech. Engineering, I'm just like, I don't know. Should we talk about, like... Parabolas. I don't even know if that's engineering. I don't know. <laughs> I have to do a lot of research for engineering. That's that was never my thing. But I feel like once you know, once it's done, it'll probably be super rewarding. I'll learn a lot. Uh, but I do have something in mind for technology. Yeah. Can you share? I feel like it's not fluid enough to that's share. Fair. That's fair. <laughs> it's yeah. like something with like coding, but I haven't figured it out. It's, Ooh. Weird world, weird it, world. Very relevant, very needed. Yeah, 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 for sure. Especially yeah. for the little girls out there. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, I um, I wish I was more into coding growing up. Um, mm-hmm. just because technology is so, um, you know, it's always relevant. It's always changing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, NASA seems like a pretty cool place to work. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I really wish that physics and more, more STEM related topics were an option in high school mm-hmm. or just introduced and kind of, you know, put one and in, in two together. Like if you study this, you could be this one day. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have that in school. Um, I just had to figure it out with what I was good at, but mm-hmm. I think there should be more career development advising in high school. And that's what I, that's my that's my official title at work. Um, but I feel like we kind of catch students a little late in college mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. Although I know there's guidance counselors in high school, but there should be a little bit more, a little more of a focus on figuring out what you're good at and what you like and what makes sense for your career path. Yeah. I, I feel like so many people that I speak to, and definitely this is my experience, Maybe there's a teacher, like a standout teacher that saw something in you that helped you along the way, but there's no person that is like, like, I feel like the guidance counselor at my high school was, his primary job was to feed you into the pipeline that went to college so that the percentage of students of the graduating class that were going on to college was like competitive enough for blah, 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 blah. Like it's so convoluted. But yeah, and like, I wish I had someone in that space that would advocate for who I was versus who that school produced. Right, exactly. I agree. Yeah, I attended Bullard High School in Fresno. And it was it it recently had become my sophomore year, a law magnet program. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, okay, this is it. I'm going to be a lawyer. And I had 
a a law internship in high school. I thought I really thought that's what I was gonna that's what I was destined to be, but yeah. absolutely not. <laughs> Although I'd love to learn law, but yeah, same same here. I actually was a political science major, and then I took okay. the LSAT. I was going to apply to law school. Nice. Um, I had a year, because I finished college early, um, and so I had a year where I was like, let me get some experience. Let me see what's going on. And I very quickly realized that to be the kind of lawyer that I wanted to be and support the causes that I wanted to support, I would not be able to feed myself, much less pay off my loans. And the huh. like, and I interned at Goldman Sachs, and I was like, "This is not what I want to do. This is not my culture. I'm not cutthroat yeah. enough for this. Like, I'm not <laughs> intense enough. I'm not." Um, so yeah, I was like, I need to like bounce around and figure out what else there is for me. Yeah. yeah. And I, and that's, I feel like that's the healthiest thing to do mm-hmm. is to figure out what's for you. Um, majority of the students I work with end up at Goldman Sachs or JP Morgan and Morgan Stanley. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, I think that, I think that they absolutely love what they're doing at the time. And I think mm-hmm. that in, in five years, they're going to kind of think about, okay, what, what is for me? Um, mm-hmm. You know, if it happens before you kind of go down that rabbit hole, that's fine. Mm-hmm. And if it happens after, that's 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 fine too. Um, as long as you eventually find and figure out, you know, what what exactly is for me. Yeah. yeah. What's your sign? I'm an Aries. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. That checks out. <laughs> that checks out. Why you're such a boss. <laughs> Oh yeah. That is such a stereotype with Aries, but you know, a lot of Aries that I I know kind of fit that bossy slash boss mentality. What's your sign? I'm an Aquarius, which is why I want to be abducted by extraterrestrials and treated like a (laughs) lapdog. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. What about you, Lex? Uh, And I'm a Capricorn, so. Okay. Very stubborn and... (laughs) A little she, too grounded sometimes. She keeps this operation afloat because otherwise <laughs> eh, we would I love be Capricorns. Here. Yeah. Capricorn energy is amazing. So is Aries energy though. Yeah, I think, it can be a little much. Mm-hmm. Well, of all the Aries is that I've known, <laughs> um, it's like I feel like it's misinterpreted as like aggression. But it's, like, I think that it's one of the most passionate signs. Mm -hmm. And the people that I know are so passionate, so they'll speak up and advocate for what they're passionate about. And if other people don't know how to respond to that, then that's a them problem. That's just my (laughs) opinion on Aries. Yep. Sounds about right. (laughs) Yeah, my daughter's a Gemini, and... I've heard very interesting things about Gemini's, but I don't know. I can't, I can't figure it out yet, but she definitely has a personality. Maybe two. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. She's no, Gemini's are super adaptable, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. So she's soft and she's also beating you up. A little rough. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's great. She's fearless. Amazing. She's fearless. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Amazing. That's, I love that. 
I feel I'm having such like a girl power Spice Girls moment right now. <laughs> Yay, I love that. <laughs> yeah. I love, I love Spice the Spice Girls. Girls. They were my Same. jam growing up. Same. Yeah. Same. They're very scary spice. Okay. I, oh, I love yeah. scary spice. Yeah. <laughs> she's she's amazing. <laughs> and yeah. her voice, so good. Oh, so good. Oh my magical. god. Magical. Yeah, they're all wonderful. She always I, wore the cheetah two pieces, mm-hmm. the little cardigan mm-hmm. oh, with yeah. nothing underneath. Mm-hmm. The best. Uh, <laughs> now, yeah, yeah. Now, the now we're going to. I think Posh had the best style, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, classic. Like, okay. classic yeah, style. the little black dress. Like, I always wanted to dress like her when I grew up. <laughs> Do you now? Now, now, now I'm in like sweats and a tank top. I don't. <laughs> Sam. Yeah, I mean, so oh well. we can we can write that off to 2020 <laughs> we, and this whole pandemic. <laughs> we need to talk about like I don't know, Yasmin, if you have strings that you can pull or like what, but Spice World, the film, one of the greatest <laughs> films of all time, is not available anywhere. So we need to figure out how to get it accessible to the people huh. because I had one of those little. Like TV VCR combos, like the big cubed ones, mm-hmm. and yeah, I had the, the tape. yeah, yeah, I had the yeah. VHS of Spice World, and I would watch it on a loop. And every time that I would watch it, I would play a different Spice Girl, and I would do all the lines. And <laughs> <laughs> as an adult, I'm trying to help the next generation of youths realize the power of Spice World. And it's just not available. So we need to, oh like, gosh. get a petition going or something. Wait, it's not on demand or – I've never nope. really – Nope. Whoa. Have I you seen it? That. Spice what? World? Yeah. Uh, is that the one back in the 90s? I think so, yeah. 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 I, I mean, I remember seeing a movie. I don't – I don't. I, I'm pretty sure it was Spice World. Yeah. They met it's aliens sad. in that one. Yeah. Okay, just- yeah. Yeah, that was like my favorite movie growing up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aliens. Um, they, oh my gosh, I haven't seen that in years. I think yeah. they went to boot but camp or something. They did go to boot camp, yeah. And then so- that was, Posh was like, little black Gucci dress or little black Gucci dress. So, yeah. Yeah. That, that was the vibe. <laughs> How did so we get good. here? This is what we do. We just yeah. veer. We just drive <laughs> off the highway. Wait, I have to see that movie now. Now I have to join Good you in your Good luck finding search. it. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. So <laughs> what Spice Girl do you most identify with now? Ooh, good question. Um, I wouldn't, I, I definitely wouldn't say Baby Spice, although I appreciated her fashion too. Mm-hmm. I think um, she definitely has like an Instagrammable fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, probably still Scary Spice. I feel like she was really, um, she was really just herself mm-hmm. and she brought, um, she brought a lot to the table with her personality. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course I related to her because I, I'm, I'm black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you haven't realized <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think that representation is great. And so I would still relate to Scary Spice. Although, um, like I said, the fashion with with Posh, I, I really admire her and her her style. 
Um, and Baby Spice, something about her as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Lex, over you? to you. Uh, I think growing up, I always, I always really wanted, like, Scary Spice was my, she was kind of like my icon because she was so, like, herself. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so... I, and it, it was something that I loved about all of them, but I feel like Scary in particular just, like, did not take shit from anybody. Mm-hmm. And and she was I, – I, I just love – I love her. <laughs> I think yeah. as an adult, I'm I'm still, like, very much uh, – I still really, like – I just love her. Um, and then also Posh. I, I didn't realize for a really long time, but those super low notes, that's Posh mm-hmm. singing. And I <laughs> – <laughs> so now, like as an adult, whenever I listen to their music, I'm just like, oh, that low alto. Oh, I'm obsessed with you. <laughs> so yeah. I, I think those two. And then uh, as a kid, I, I related a lot to Sporty Spice uh, in the like tomboy hair in a ponytail, going to wear a tracksuit to school <laughs> instead of like, I don't know. I wasn't mm-hmm. I didn't feel super girly um, as a kid. So I those three, I just which. It's funny because Sporty and Posh are like direct opposites of mm-hmm. each other, but um, right. in a lot of ways, I, I loved Sporty for that. What about you, Jules? Um, I think I related most to Posh, not because of her fashion, but because of like how repressed she seemed. Hmm. <laughs> oh, <no>. Okay, <laughs> not repressed, not repressed, but she was always like a little bit stern and like a little bit like. Like, maybe introverted is the right word. Yeah. Like, she just seemed a little bit... Reserved is a good word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, like, growing up, I was really, really shy. And so I would wear, like, wacky outfits all the time. But I, like, did it so that there would be always be a conversation piece. Because I was, like, terrified Mm. to have, like... I was an immigrant. I came to the country. I didn't speak a lick of English. And so, like, that became a way to express myself without actually saying anything. Um, and so I kind of related to her reservedness the most. Um, but I agree with you, like Scary Spice was the shit. Like the she just like stood up for herself, stood up for everyone else, and she was just like, yeah. This is like this is the right thing, so we're gonna do the right thing. And I feel like <laughs> when that alien in Spice World touched her boobs, she was like, No, no, <laughs> we're not doing this. And so oh I, I, I appreciate that, like, autonomy. Um, now I feel like I still tr- I try to, like, be that person that, like, speaks up for herself and, like, has thoughts and opinions that I stand by. Um, but I also kind of feel, like, sporty these days, too. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think sporty had a very – sporty was kind of, like – trying to almost be peacekeeper or like optimist Mm -hmm. and so I like strive for that as well every day because it's been a dark time and so I'm just trying to stay hopeful yeah touche to that I feel like one spice girl that's always overlooked is ginger spice Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) she She is great fashion too she did and I feel like, I don't know how it was with y'all, but, like, in our friend groups in school, when we would divide into fives and, like, be Spice Girls, Mm -hmm. 
being the ginger was always seen as like the cast off spot, like whoever didn't have like a like a identity or like whoever didn't call dibs first, like ginger was always the one that was left over. I was ginger a lot. I was ginger a lot for Halloween because I didn't like (laughs) speak up and be like, this is who I want to be. So I was ginger a lot, but I love redheads. So there's that. Yeah. Ginger spice is amazing. I feel like we're leaving someone out. Baby scary, ginger, posh. And sporty. And sporty. Sporty. Okay. That's everyone. Yeah. Yeah. That's all that. Yeah. Yeah. Nailed it. I need to see that movie. Yeah. Good luck it's finding so it. It's so ridiculous. Uh, it looks like it's available on eBay. The DVD is $40. So there's that. I have a DVD up. player. This oh, is no. insane. I think. Wait, or okay. you, you can buy it used for $26 on Amazon. Okay. We need to <laughs> – I listen, it, what is this? Kickstarter? GoFundMe? Where do we put the petitions? We'll figure this out. We'll uh, figure this out. Okay. Oh, wait. It's Petition. $42 on <laughs> What is happening? It is $65 (laughs) if you buy it on VHS. What? This is wild. That's crazy. Who even has a VHS player anymore? All right. Hmm. So (laughs) petition.org, Yasmin, is that what you said? Yeah. I think that's what it's called. I think we should start one. I think so, too. Yeah. Release it on streaming. Yes. What's up? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, so, could you imagine? So many people would be like, I guess I have to keep renewing my Netflix subscription. Gen Z would eat it up. That's all the all the nostalgia that they're experiencing right now that we live through. That we live yeah. through that they don't understand. <laughs> yeah, the nineties were great. Yeah, nineties were the best. Yeah, simpler times. Yeah, I think. <laughs> In my memory, right. we were kids. We were paying attention. We had a great memory. time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah some yeah. of us had lemonade stands. Some mm-hmm. of us sold painted rocks on the side of the road. Did you do that? I had a very eclectic <laughs> childhood. That's but awesome. Now though. as an adult, I can I can get juice and play it and like yes. vicariously live the life that everyone else in the neighborhood lived while the weirdo was the Aquarius was selling rocks. <laughs> <laughs> what made you want to do that? I'm curious. Um, so I, there is this tradition in Russian culture, I'm Russian, and there's this tradition where in the summer, um, you, if you can, you rent a house in like the remote woods (laughs) and it's meant to essentially get kids out of cities, out of like the school neighborhood, all that, and like get them into nature. And so typically what happens is the kids go with their grandparents and stay there for the whole summer. And then like the parents or whoever's working comes on the weekends. And so we did that growing up and um, we rented a house in the Pocono Mountains and it was me and my grandma for like that whole time. And we didn't, we had TV, but it had like local cable. We didn't really watch it. And so I always like enjoyed the idea of having a stand on the side of the road to like sell things to, but I didn't know what to do. Like lemonade stands didn't like, that seemed like too much 
too much inventory for me and too much effort. And I had like these paints. I've always, I've always drawn. I've always painted. I've always gravitated towards that kind of very physical art. And I just started painting rocks and I put them on this table and it was like very, very scrappy. And I made 25 cents. Someone bought a rock for 25 cents. It was also because it was the remote woods. It's like literally a car would like one car would drive down the road like every hour. And then there's this kid (laughs) selling rocks. So that tells you a lot about me. I might bring it back. I might start doing an Etsy shop where I just sell painted rocks. You know, anything can be sold on Etsy. That's true. That is art. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I definitely encourage it. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Well, (laughs) Yasmin, thank you so much for being here with us at the Peony. Everybody, check it out. What's that website again for Juice? It's www.juice.games. Amazing. And we'll uh, go ahead and put that link into the show notes for this episode. Mm -hmm. Um, Yasmin, really quickly, what we like to do at the end of every episode is just do a little reco of the week um, where we basically just have something, could be anything, could be a quote, a book, a TV show, whatever that is bringing us maybe a little optimism, a little joy this week, um, and then just share it with our audience. So do you have a reco to share or should we defer to Lex? I do have one to Yay! share. <laughs> Um, let's see. Optimism. Well, I truly believe that there is no such thing as time. And so nothing is permanent and everything keeps moving forward. And so with that being said, as we mentioned earlier, when you're having, you know, a bad day or a bad moment in life, just recall that, you know, this will pass time is really an illusion and you know now isn't forever there's a tomorrow so just keep going i'm hugging myself it's beautiful that's that's (laughs) my new alarm in the morning (laughs) that right there it's your second alarm or your your primary (laughs) (laughs) that's that's literally the only motivation i need to get out of bed like that's beautiful go for it attack today and if it sucks there's always tomorrow exactly yeah i think that's a good reminder too because i know uh before we hopped on julie and i were talking and i was like i don't know uh it's all garbage i'm like you know what no it's not like there is there are things to be hopeful for so yeah always well, thank you guys so much for having me. Yes. I yeah, thank you absolutely for loved here. this conversation. I, I don't think anyone's asked him about aliens yet. So <laughs> <laughs> epic. <laughs> loved it. <laughs> we try to go off the beaten path and sometimes we end up in a field being abducted. So exactly. I knew you were going to go there and I loved it. <laughs> I was yes. going to say we wind up like it. on another planet entirely. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that. Everyone check out Juice and keep an eye on the space for Yasmin's new games that are coming down the line. And I'm just going to buy all of them. Yes, please do. Have fun playing them. (laughs) Oh, I will. I will make sure to to tag you in everything. 
Yes, please do. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Yasmin. <laughs> Thank you so much. Bye, guys. Are we ready? For? <laughs> Recos? Of? The? Week? <gasps> bear, 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 bear. Oh, shit. <laughs> Drop my mic. <laughs> my mic fell. I did a drum roll and my, my whole setup just collapsed. You rocked too hard. No such thing. <laughs> no such thing. So goofy. Ah, Julia. Hey. Hey. Hit me with your reco. Nice. I was going to have you hit me with your reco, but <gasps> wait, is that a Mimosa Sisterhood t-shirt that you're wearing? I it almost is. wore mine today. Oh, <gasps> didn't, but we would have been matchy matchy. It is such it's a comfortable, so high quality. Like sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like you get merch, which by the mm-hmm. way, we have some samples coming to us of yes. our own merch. Before we approve it, we have to scope it out. But yeah. like I feel like some merch, it's like cheapo printed. It like the fabric yeah. isn't comfortable. Like this t-shirt is like soft and comfy and it's embroidered. Like the quality yeah. is for and what it, it cost is yeah, and it comes from Latvia too, so uh, she's mm-hmm. an international superstar. She fancy. is, she is super fancy. Yeah, super soft, super fancy, super cozy. Love that shirt. Super nice. cozy. Yeah. Uh, what is your reco of the week? Ooh, that just I felt that in my loins. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so my reco ties in a, nicely with our talk with Yasmin. Because she mentioned that she really loves these historical periods of the great, the great wars. Wow. <laughs> I just turned into like a great grandparent. I just turned into like an, a very elderly person. Um, the World Wars. My book that I recently just like completely barreled through because I couldn't put it down um, was this book called, it's a novel. It's called The, the Book of Lost Names. And it is about a young woman during World War II in Mm -hmm. Nazi-occupied France who is a talented artist, but she doesn't want to pursue that. And she, because of her talented artistry, ends up somehow being involved with, with the underground in forging travel documents for... Jewish people escaping through France into Switzerland. Ooh. Yeah. And it, like, it is so heartfelt. It is so beautiful. There's a love story. There's a story of family. There is a lot of friendship. And there's just this drama because at any given point, the Nazis could close in. There could be a leak. There could be a mole. Who do you trust? Um, And so... You know, it's this young girl and and it's told most of the chapters are her story at the time. Mm -hmm. And then there are a few chapters of her now that she's an older woman living in America, like reflecting back. And it's just an, an adrenaline roller coaster of a book. There is so much emotional beauty and the way that it's written is so enthralling. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, that's my like like badass woman novel wreck of the week because I'm like, damn. Like I I don't know that I personally yeah. would have been able to be that brave. 
And I know there are people that were. And it was a horrendous time. And it, like, is so gripping. And to be able to read this novel and just have it be a story of hope and of, and of, togetherness and Mm -hmm. also of people doing the right thing for the greater good. I think we need more of that, especially in today's world. Like we, there is, there are still so many people that have individualist agendas, but will make decisions that they claim are for the greater good. I mean, I'm talking about Texas. I'm obviously talking about Texas. Yeah. But like the reality is like, we need more people that, understand what the real greater good is and that's bodily autonomy that's equal rights that's um that is you know gen acceptance of a person's gender of what not what they quote choose to be but of who they are and like all of these antiquated ideas of what a person should be and what like a powerful human race should be and what people should look like and act like and speak like and like all of that bullshit conformity is it it it's a very slippery slope and we saw that with world war ii and i like any moment where i can i can indulge in a little bit of beauty and hope and togetherness and stories of that nonfiction or fiction that I'm going to take that opportunity because being tuned into the 24 hour news cycle can be disheartening. It can be painful. And while it's important and vital, I think we also need to self care and indulge in those stories of hope and goodness and love and spread, spread it around, spread around that love. Yeah. Especially like, uh, like you were saying right now, the 24 hour news cycle, it's not just, it's not just like CNN, Mm NPR, it's also like going onto Twitter, going onto Instagram. Like I took and have been taking a break from social media for the past week. And every now and then I like pop on just to see if Mm -hmm. like anybody has messaged me something that I need to respond to, uh, Mm because I have certain friends who only message through that. Mm -hmm. Um, but just the, like, even just the, like, past six days, it's it has made such a difference because it, one, it's an emotional whiplash, like we talked about this on a recent mm-hmm. episode. Um, but it's also, like, you, you start to feel so helpless and so powerless, at least I do, where it's like there's so much going on. I can't do anything about it or I feel like I can't do anything about it. And it's like, yeah, but what are things that you can change and like mm-hmm. what are the ways that you can impact in a positive way um, mm-hmm. so that you don't feel so hopeless. And sometimes it's just doing something that's like engaging with your community, right? Caring mm-hmm. for the people who are part of your neighborhood, who are part of uh, the the connections that you have in this world. Mm-hmm. And especially with something like, like this book that you're talking about, um, where it's helping out the people in your community mm-hmm. who are being persecuted and what can you do? So, mm-hmm. you know, it standing up for, for those people and, and doing whatever you can, I think on the, and with people that are close to home is. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think, like, that's – it is a start. And that's a good lesson to learn of, like, these are people – so in the book, she herself, the protagonist, is Jewish. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the people that are part of the underground, the resistance, whatever you want to call it, they're not. Like, there's there there's a character in there that's a Catholic priest. And it's like, you don't have to feel that persecution. You don't have to. Like, just because you're the person that can get away unscathed, like, you may not be perpetuating the mm-hmm. hate or the violence or the discrimination, but also just standing by and not doing anything yeah. is... It, I mean, it's cowardly. Yeah. Well, and it's, um, it's one of those things where it's like, if you have the ability to help another person, Mm -hmm. what is stopping you from getting involved? And that, Mm -hmm. like, again, always understanding that sometimes Mm -hmm. people just don't have the means to do that. But if you're in a situation where you can sign a petition, you can donate. Yeah can do something to help another person like why wouldn't you and uh as you're talking about this i just listened to um the latest episode of my favorite murder and they talked about uh irena sendler mm-hmm. who this is going back to like not being a part of that community but still helping that community um mm-hmm. irena was um this was in warsaw and she was a i think a social worker mm-hmm. uh during world war ii and she was Polish. She was not, I think she was Catholic. She was not mm-hmm. Jewish, but she would go to um, the ghetto in nearby and she would help smuggle children out. And she saved like mm-hmm. 2,500 kids or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but they talked about that. And one of the things when they like much later in life, I think she was like in her late 80s when she finally started to get the the recognition for what she'd mm-hmm. done. Somebody asked, like, why did you help? Like, you're not even Jewish. And mm-hmm. she was like, you know, my father always said, like, if someone is drowning, it's your responsibility. It's your responsibility to save them, even if you don't know how to swim. Mm-hmm. Like, do whatever you can to save other people. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, that's it's, amazing. I was like, oh, that's beautiful. So it's like, yeah. Ah. Well, this save somebody. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the questions that this book, Mm -hmm. it's the internal struggle, right? Because this character's mom is very much like, no, we need to look out for ourselves. Like, why are you helping? Why are you working with people who are not your people? They're not your family. Mm -hmm. And instead, you're leaving me behind Mm -hmm. to do this work. For others, when you have the chance for self-preservation, like, why would you risk it to help others? And the book is steeped in a lot of historical research in terms of looking at the real-life forgers that actually did help. And Mm -hmm. in a lot of cases, helped children, Jewish children, escape across the border into Switzerland. So it's an incredible read. Um, it does get heavy at points, but it, it never gets heavy to the point of that, like, social media these days gets heavy. It, it, it's, it's something where you keep turning to the next page because you know, as Yasmin said, you know that after bad days come good days. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, 
I imagine it's also like the difference between the book and social media is social media. It's like you have to do something now. You specifically mm-hmm. person mm-hmm. on the other side of the screen. And if you don't and it's, you know, in a lot of cases, it's like something that is so far away that you're like, how do I help someone who's mm-hmm. thousands of miles away? And that's when it's like donate, talk to your, yes. you know, talk to your congressman, make sure like yeah. we're putting funds into helping people. Mm-hmm. outside of ourselves but it can feel yeah. so like oh fuck like i yeah i don't know yeah. um the other thing is that with social media and also with american traditional media is mm-hmm. you don't just get the facts you get yeah the emotional pitch you get the person that's advocating for this emotionally that is contagious through the screen mm-hmm on whatever side they're advocating regardless. And so, I I mean, you know this, you know my opinion on me on like news media and social media, like you can confirmation bias, you can find any argument to support any point. And then the algorithm will just underscore it for you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the parts that's also dangerous because then you end up in this vortex Mm-hmm. of people who are consistently putting their emotion forward to give you a specific narrative. And I agree with you. There is that urgency of this is important. This matters. This is what you need to do. Um, and and it's so easy to get, like, to feed into it, right? Like, it's so easy to send that templated letter that no one's going to look at. It's so easy to sign that petition that, again, no one is really going to do anything with. Like, it's where do you put your money and where do you put your individual unique voice? Like, I'm saying, like, call. I know, mm-hmm. like, us millennials, Gen Z, I know, like, we do not want to call anybody. Mm-hmm. But, like... Signing a petition is all well and good. Odds are it's not going to do shit. Well, then I I feel like it depends on the petition because there is that petition that is now part of the California recall. So, like, that's how the recall started was people, what, 1.5 million people signed a petition. Yep. And and now there's – so I think, like, petitions To recall have, him, you mean? yeah. That's how yeah, but the think about happened, those people. But... Think about those people. They stood outside of stores with pieces of paper and talked to people. Right. It wasn't just you signing something on the internet and sending right. it out. So that's what I'm getting at is like petitions do have power. It's which yeah. petitions and like yeah. where do you sign? Where do you put your energy? Right? Like yeah. who are you calling? Who are you emailing? Yeah. Be careful with those templates. Like, yes, it's very mm-hmm. easy, but the thing with the templates is they can put filters on it. And now all yeah. of those templated emails are just winding up in somebody's trash box. Yeah. Like, where are things going? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I mean by like petitions yep. do have power, but just know like which ones have power and yeah. sign the ones that matter to you. And also just know that sometimes they have more power than we would like. Uh, like this yeah. recall situation. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I agree with you. Like, where are you going to put your energy? Yeah. How are you going to spend your time? And make sure you're like pacing yourself so that way you don't get so overwhelmed and so burnt out that then you're like, well, I can't do anything and I can't help anybody. Because that's yeah. where it can get like that uh, compassion fatigue can get incredibly yeah. overwhelming. So. Yeah. 
yeah. from personal experience, it's yeah, fucking sucks. Yeah. Well, you <clears> should <throat> look at your social media, look at your DMs, because I DM'd you not one, but two videos oh. of Oscar Isaac. Oh. Is this with think- Jessica Chastain? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I- Have you seen it? Yep. Did you oh, see yeah. the close-up? I don't know if I saw the close-up, but mm, you're welcome. we'll see. I saw the one with the, the Getty watermark over it, and I sent it to Jose immediately, and I was like, your boy's at it again. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you're welcome. Check your DMs from me. Whew, okay. Will do. Oh, God. Oh, man. What a problem. Hit me with your reco. Yeah. So my reco is, uh, is also a book. Um, it is called She Memes Well by quinta brunson um and if you've heard of quinta she used to be on buzzfeed um she did a lot of sketch comedy through buzzfeed she's Mm -hmm. on oh god the show with um daniel radcliffe i from majestics it's like western where he's like a healer yeah yep yep yep, yep. um i'm just looking it up really quickly because she has a bunch of shows that are coming out um She's on a she's been on a black lady sketch show, um, mm-hmm. Abbott Elementary, which I think comes out. I thought it came out this year, but it looks like it's coming out later. Um, and then Miracle Workers. That's the one. That's the mm-hmm. show that she's currently on. Um, but she released this book. It's a book of essays. Um, it's very mm-hmm. funny. And it it's really like. It talks a lot about like how we millennials grew up with the internet, right? Like we kind of Mm -hmm. found our identity. We found our friends. We found our sense of humor through the internet. So it's a lot of essays on that, on her, on friendships. Uh, She talks in a couple of essays about, you know, struggling with depression and how Mm -hmm. that, um, how do you balance that, especially like with trying to be a creative or just trying Mm -hmm. to exist. Uh, It's wonderful. Mm -hmm. She's so funny. Um, I would really recommend it. It's a nice, like, don't call it a light read um, because some of the things she's talking about are, like, they hit home. Um, it's a little, there's a little bit of catharsis there, right? Like, you feel like mm. you're you're reading um, your best friend's, like, blog or something. It's, mm-hmm. it's great. She's wonderful. She's super funny. If you um, are not familiar with Quinta, Go follow her on Instagram and on Twitter. She's so funny. So, so funny. So that is my reco of the week. She She is very memeable. Yes. Uh, That's the (laughs) other thing. And that's like kind of like what she is known for is so like a ton of memes are Quinta. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One of them, every pride, there's the sometimes people be gay. That's Quinta. Um, There's one of like. She was making fun of because I think she's a Marvel fan, and so she like made a. I can't remember if it was like a TikTok or something that was like her as Doctor Strange, but that's turned into a meme. It's there's so many of them that are her specifically. Amazing! I love that. That's great. I'm gonna have she's to scoop so that fun. up. Yeah, uh, I love that. That's it. Well, while you're on the socials, avoiding mm-hmm. doom and following. <laughs> please follow us as well yeah ah nice again with the segues i like to imagine that all of your ideas are just writing little segues around your brain and so they're just like here's how we go here's what we my do. segues are on segues yes mm-hmm. at least one of us is because i tried to ride one of those one time <laughs> did not do well i also tried to ride in santa monica one of those scooters that you just rent oh no i 
So you rent them for anyone that doesn't know you rent them with your app, like you get an app and you rent them and you pay for like the distance that you go. And then afterwards they send you a map of your journey, like as a receipt. And I was, I think I was a little drunk and I was, I have a fear I realized of falling Mm -hmm. and it could be from the sky in an airplane. It could be from literally just standing and tipping over. I have a fear of falling. I got on this scooter and I zip zap zopped like <laughs> 10 feet. And then I was like, fuck this. I am not doing this. So I turned around. I walked it back, docked it. And then it's the audacity. They sent me the map. <laughs> and it was literally just like a little purple, like little purple penis where it was like, it was like you went here and then you turned around and your total ride was like six minutes. And so now whenever I see anyone on a scooter or Segway, I'm like, wow, show off. (laughs) So at least my thoughts can do that. There you go. No, no, no. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks so much for listening, y'all. Thank you. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at the PD Podcast. Um, And be sure to like, follow, subscribe follow and subscribe are one and the same uh <laughs> download rate review five stars all all that jazz yes please and yeah. also if you are subscribed to us or following the podcast on apple spotify wherever you listen just make sure your notifications are turned on and that way you know when there's a new mm-hmm. episode that drops um otherwise we always make sure to uh let you know on on the ig give you a little teaser a little clip a little mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. to look mm-hmm. forward to a little a but, little taste Ooh, yes, a little, oof, <laughs> oof, ooh, a little amuse-bouche. Oh. Wow, oh. i pretentious as fuck. <laughs> Somebody's got to be on this podcast, right? You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Glad that's your job. Uh... <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Peony, where we believe that culture informs all that we do and art can truly be anything. If you like this episode, please leave us a review, rate us, tell all your friends to subscribe, follow, download. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Talk to you soon. Yeah, I do it.